Hello, and welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. So last week, I wrapped up the leadership theories and styles that we've been talking about over the last few months. And today, I want to wrap up the discussion around those critical and essential individual leadership characteristics, behaviors, and skills that we've been talking about over the last few months. And while there are a lot more of these to be considered, I really think that these seven that we've discussed over the last few months are are really, really important and really foundational for great leaders, even for good leaders. So it's a really great place to start, especially if you're unfamiliar with leadership, you're new to leadership, and you're not quite sure where to start. So the first one that we talked about was active listening. Now, active listening is really a behavior and a skill that can be developed. It's really, so the first one we talked about was active listening. Now, active listening is really a behavior, but it's also a skill that can be developed over time. So it's something that you can actually get better over time with practice. It's really the ability to understand and appreciate what you are hearing from somebody else, to really get their perspective and, and really make sure you're understanding the message that is being conveyed. It's really focusing on listening, not just to respond, but really listening to understand somebody else's point of view, focusing on those little things that can really have a great impact on on relationships. It's listening for content, listening for intention, for feeling. So the concept of active listening, as I have introduced it, is actually a psychotherapeutic technique that therapists use to make sure that they're fully understanding what a client is saying which, as you can imagine, can very often be wrapped up in their emotions. So it really makes sure, it really requires you to make sure that you're understanding what the intention behind some of the statements are to make sure that you're fully understanding the perspective that the the person that you're engaging with is trying to convey to you. It usually involves reflecting back what you think you've heard and asking questions to make sure that you have understood well what is being communicated. And so again, the focus is on understanding listening to understand, not listening to respond. Now, the bigger umbrella of all of this, obviously, is communication, which is a behavior, but also, again, a skill that you can develop over time. You can develop your communication skills over time. I remember when I first started working with people and sharing uh, lessons and techniques and, and and tricks, I remember when I first started working with people and focusing on on communication, I would focus on higher order communication skills only to find that a lot of my clients had trouble with that. And I remember sharing the story with my wife and, and she mentioned that it's really the basics that are important for. And I remember sharing the story with my wife and she mentioned that I have been trained in communication skills and communication behaviors, but most of the world as much as we like to think that we're good communicators because we communicate all the time, really don't understand the basics and the foundations of communication. And so this is where I started, uh, and so this is where I started referring people to Crucial Conversations, that book, which I highly recommend because it really gives people the basics of some of the communication skills because you can communicate well or you can communicate poorly. And this book really helps you to understand some of the basics of that. Things like, making sure you have the right motives when you're communicating, establishing psychological safety so that people feel comfortable speaking, paying attention to the people that you're speaking with, 
not engaging in, in five different things, but really looking them in the eye, paying attention, being clear, concise, and direct. Don't waffle. One of my favorite sayings is that bad news doesn't get better over time. If you have to deliver bad news, deliver it as soon as possible and understand that people will need time to digest and to have emotional responses. Be mindful of your tone. Make sure that when you are talking to someone, you are careful about your tone because your tone conveys and communicates a lot. In fact, a lot more than what you're actually saying. If you are speaking in an angry voice, even if you're saying nice things, people pay attention to your tone more than your words. And then one of the favorites here is ask for feedback. Feedback is a gift and you want to make sure that the the message that you are trying to deliver, that you are trying to communicate is being received in the way in which you intend it to be. The, the, there are so many examples of where, there are so many examples of where our intention is not received and the impact is not what we want it to be. So ask for feedback, ask to see, ask people to make sure that they have understood you as you intend them to be. The next one, which is one of my favorite, favorite things is trust. And trust is really a characteristic that can require certain behaviors. There's behaviors that you can engage in. The next one is one of my favorites and that's trust. Now trust is a characteristic that can be displayed through certain behaviors. And trust is really described as the willingness of a party, of one party to be vulnerable to the actions of another party based upon the expectations that the first party will perform a particular action. So really very simply, trust is really a psycho So really very simply, trust is really a psychological state that requires you to put yourself in a place of vulnerability based upon your positive expectation of the intentions or behaviors of someone else. Again, the key thing here with trust is that you're making yourself vulnerable to someone else. When you extend trust you're making yourself vulnerable to the person that you have given your trust to. This really explains why trust is such a hard thing to do. But again, one of my favorite things to do is really to focus on trust. I think if you have a bedrock of trust with your employees, with with your partners, with the people that you're working with, it is much easier to achieve success. So a few things about trust that we talked about. First, trust involves two people. Obviously, the person giving trust and the person taking trust. So there is this this relationship, this agreement between the person giving and the person taking, right? You're saying, I trust you with this, I'm giving this to you. And then the person receiving is saying, you can give this to me, I will not let you down. You can give me your vulnerability. The second thing is that trust is a state as opposed to a trait. So I can trust you today and not trust you tomorrow. I can trust you with A, but not with B. And something that really can be earned over time. The third thing is that trust is a psychological in nature. The third thing is that trust is psychological nature, which means that it's inherently resides within you. It's within each individual to give and accept. It's within each individual to extend and to receive trust. There are a few behaviors that are associated with trust, but I think the one that provides the biggest aha for me was that extending trust, right? Which demonstrates the propensity to trust. When you extend trust to your employees, right? You're basically saying, hey, I 
know or I believe I'm making myself vulnerable to you in the situation and it makes it easier for you then to ask them to trust you, right? Extend trust abundantly to those who have earned your trust in the workplace. Extend trust conditionally to those who have earned your trust. Extend trust conditionally to those who are continually trying to earn your trust. Learn how to appropriately extend trust to those based upon the situation, the risks, and their credibility of the people involved. But have a propensity to trust, to extend trust. Don't withhold your trust and then expect others to give you their trust. The next one here is self-awareness, which is a characteristic and a skill that can be developed, right? Being self-aware. Nowadays, being self-aware is often a component that's associated with emotional intelligence. And really, it's a prerequisite for a lot of things like self-regulation and self-control. If you don't know yourself well, if you don't understand your behaviors and your actions, why you do what you do, what triggers you, what motivates you, what encourages you, what frightens you, you will not be able to recognize, regulate, or control these things. It's the basis for so many other things. And research actually shows that with a greater sense of self-understanding and awareness, those people, and research actually shows, and research actually shows that those people with a greater sense of self-awareness and understanding are more confident and creative, make better decisions, build stronger relationships, and communicate more effectively. So when we think about trust, we really think about, so when we think about self-awareness, we really think about the reflective state of self-focused attention, which a person can evaluate themselves and attempt to really attain and correct those inconsistencies in their beliefs and their behaviors. So, We also talked about two levels of trust, but the one that I want to talk about really quickly is that internal self-awareness. We also talked about two levels of self-awareness. We also talked about two levels of self-awareness, but the one I want to focus on really quickly is that internal self-awareness, which really comes from the self-understanding and it represents how clearly you see your own values, your passions, your aspirations, uh, the fit with your environment, your reactions, your thoughts feelings, your behaviors, your strengths, your weaknesses, really that self-understanding. So the question here when we're talking about this is, how would you answer the question, what kind of leader are you? And this is the self-awareness that is really associated with your mental health, right? It's, it's your basic mental health is what we're talking about here when we talk about your internal self-awareness. The other thing we talked about was self-confidence, which is a characteristic. It's the belief that one person that you, it's the belief that you are capable of successfully meeting the demands of a specific task. Basically, the belief in yourself. There's two types of self-confidence. Uh, one of the ones we talked about was general self-confidence, which is influenced by self-esteem, which is developed early in your childhood. And leaders can actually be very susceptible to this self-confidence. Now, leaders can actually be very susceptible. Now, leaders can... Now, leaders can actually be, now we also talked about, now we also talked about how leaders can actually be very susceptible to a lack of self-confidence because leadership can be very isolating. So you don't have other people around you to help you understand, 
Now the other kind. Now what's important to remember here is pluralistic ignorance, which really means that each person doubts their own abilities in private, but believes we are the only ones since now what's really important here is now what's really important here is plu Now leaders can actually be susceptible to self Now leaders can actually be pretty susceptible to a lack of self-confidence because leadership can be very isolating and when you be get into that isolating mode it's very easy to think that you are not good enough and this is actually a type of pluralistic ignorance which basically means that each person doubts their own abilities in private you don't typically share your self-doubt but we believe that we're the only ones who have this doubt since we're not talking to anybody else about it and it so an activity that I always recommend is challenge your self-thoughts. Challenge those negative self-thoughts that tell you that you can't do something, that you're not good enough. Challenge them with your experiences. Challenge them with your past. And speak to others. Share your concerns. Share your, your self-doubt with others. And you'll see very typically that you're not the only one who has these concerns. The next one we talked about was integrity, which is a characteristic. It's really a foundational quality of an individual. It's a psychological concept, and it really talks about the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness in a state of, of being whole. So integrity is really about being honest. But when we're talking about leadership, we're talking about your behaviors. So as a leader, you have to engage in behaviors that demonstrate integrity. You have to show consistency in your actions and the things that you do. Integrity has two parts. It's, just, it's not just what you do. It's who you are internally as well. And typically, who you are internally can be seen in those behaviors that you engage in, right? So when we talk about integrity, it's that wholeness. It's that who you are internally, but also those behaviors that you demonstrate that people can use to... to, to I, but also those... But also those behaviors that you engage in that people can use to identify the type of integrity that you are. Type of integrity that you have at your core who you are at the core. And the last one we talked about was resilience, which is a characteristic, but also a skill that you can develop and build up over time. So it's defined resilience. So we define resilience as the process, really. The, so we define resilience as the process, right? The process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, especially through mental emotional and behavioral flexibility and adjustment to external and internal demands. So the question here is, how do you adapt your situation when you're not able to push through to success, right? Which is usually what we call grit. Grit is pushing through and refusing to accept failure and eventually succeeding. But when you do fail, how do you get up again? How do you make the best out of that situation? How do you not let it keep you down? How do you get up again? Now, resilience can actually predict well-being because while grit predicts success and achievement, resilience predicts your well-being, your mental health, because everybody fails. At some point, everybody fails. And so how well do you get up from failure? And that's really your, your mental well-being. So simply put, it's your ability to adapt and regain your balance, right? Your, your equilibrium 
when you experience some sort of hardship or adverse event. Resilience is not a trait that people either have or don't remember. It's it's a state that you can be in and it's a skill that you can work on. It involves specific behaviors, thoughts, and actions that can be learned and developed in anyone. So a lot of behaviors and characteristics to choose from, but I really think that these are the foundational skills, behaviors, and characteristics that I think are essential for a leader to have, regardless of what leadership style or theory you choose to follow. It doesn't matter what kind of leader that you want to be. If you want to be a good leader, if you want to be a great leader, if you want to be a leader that people follow, that people respect, and that people want to to lead them, then you have to make sure that you are focusing on your trust, your resilience, your integrity, your self-confidence, your self-awareness, your communication, your active listening. You have to make sure that you're working on these. My favorite of these is trust because I really believe that trust is foundational to everything. But again, trust is a characteristic that requires certain behaviors that can be seen all through here. Okay, so as always, a lot of information and I hope this has been helpful. And as the last episode of the year, I want to wish everyone a happy new year and I hope that you will join us again next year. I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to listen to us. Happy new year.